welcome to Black Light Mass Incarceration Show. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Black Light Mass Incarceration Show is a space that is used to uplift the unheard voices of the criminal and social justice issues that many face today. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Sponsored by Emancipate NC. Hey, Black Light. Hey, Black Light. This is another show. The Black Light Master Cooperation Show. The Friday edition. How's everybody? And I hope that they... They work with you this week. <laughs> How was your work, babe? It was hectic this week. Prisons never... Hectic. Yeah, you know the prison been acting out. The system is just... Man, let me Let's tell you. from the North Carolina Correctional Facility. That's not what I want to tell y'all. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> the system, yeah, you write the prison and never sleep. Like, never sleep. No. No. Yeah. So, Blacklight, we need y'all. Because we got a lot of things that have changed in North Carolina just in like a week. At first, we thought that we were about to do away with text behind. They fooled us. They told us that we can start sending our mail to the prison and they were doing away with text behind but then two days later they come talking about they reached a deal with text behind and didn't want to say it first but we come to find out that they have also partnered with vi path aka gtl to now have all mail go on the tablets so we can no longer even use the text behind app from what i'm thinking where they could get it the next day, we have to send it to the scanning process center in Maryland, and they have to scan it and put it on their tablets. And you want to tell them about the package change, babe, for the tablet? The package? Yeah. The package change? Yeah. You mean like union supply? On um, the tablet. Like prices going up? We're talking about the tablet. Yeah. I just, we just got word today that they said that they sent some type of contract back. They said that they was going to change back to, they, they said they couldn't do the mail on the tablet because something, I don't know, but it, they just came and told us that today, like around four o'clock, you know what I'm saying? So when I get more information about that, I want to let y'all know, but they changed the bundles, man, like $15, they only use the the music, news app, in the $10 bottle, they switch everything from, like, games to uh, the text messaging app to movies all on the $10 app, and then the $8, the $8 app. I mean, so it's just like, basically, if you want to listen to music, you got to be on the $15, and you want to read anything concerning the music, I mean, anything concerning uh, news, entertainment, TMZ, all that's going to be on the $15 app. But now they, some, I'm, I'm glad, though, something's happening because they're saying that that mail, they can't do the mail something and they have to renegotiate the contract because um, it ain't, the mail ain't even popping up on the app now. Like, everybody's complaining about it right now and then they're trying to tell people that has problems, that has issues with 90-day suspension of privileges concerning the tablet. So, 
you can't really take nobody's pri uh, privileges concerning the app because you saying that they gotta verify their mail. So you're denying you their mail. Verify their mail. You tell them, yeah, you can't tell me I can't use the tablet for ninety days and then my mail come on. And now you telling me it's supposed to be on the kiosk when you come out when we come out for an hour. It ain't. It's not on the kiosk. Then a lot of people's arguing about religion. A lot of people saying they want church service. They need to go to church service. They don't have church service in prison because now it's kind of crazy. It used to always be Muslims having Tylene and Tylene and Juma service, but they always saying that they didn't have problems. They couldn't do Juma and Tylene. It was always Christian that was having church services. Now it's Christians just not having church service and Muslims having Tylene and Juma. In Native American service. So there's no Christian services. The church is going on right now. It's only Native American and Colleen um, and Juma for Muslims. So they arguing, hey, we do our religious service on the tablet. Y'all taking the tablet privileges because y'all talking about we sharing tablets, but y'all don't have a tablet. Y'all taking all the tablets for each individual and trying to make a share tablet. And we got to be at the fault when it comes to another person's actions that we share your tablet with. You want to take our privilege, the privilege that we share in tablets with, you want to take that privilege too, which that's cruel and unusual punishment because the person that you share the tablet with, they can do or break the rules for who you share the tablet with. So I shouldn't be affected if some if yeah the tablet thing but i'm glad to hear about the mail thing but still i mean I mean, what are people supposed to do when they want to send their loved one mail? Like, y'all done gave us the runaround for a whole week and a half. You know what I mean? Like, and they ain't fixed that yet either. But yeah, I mean, they're giving everybody the runaround. And I didn't even know that. You know what I'm saying? Because normally, if you don't say nothing, then the rest of the people that I, my clients, they'll well, say yeah, something. Just, he just told us when she passed the tablet out. When she passed the tablet out. Dude was complaining. That's what he was complaining about. He was like, "Man, I ain't, I still ain't got, I ain't still like able to get my tablet because y'all keep talking about um, I'm on time restriction, but how am I take my mail?" She was like, "They got the memo today that the mail thing about to change back to with the regular status. It's going back to the regular with um, text behind, text behind or whatever." Yeah, and that's what she stated at four o'clock when she started passing my tablet out. Which means you can still use the app, right? And then you'll get it the next day. Which, I mean, I would rather it be like that. But my thing, I, yeah. I think what makes me upset is the fact they keep wanting to use contraband. What does partnering with GTL and putting it on the app? Because then they were saying that if y'all wanted, we still couldn't get a definite answer. Like if y'all wanted to print your pictures out, if you had to pay for them. You see, like, they're making stuff extra complicated. Like, okay, we don't like text behind, but I'd rather keep it just how it is 
where I write you and then you get it the next day instead of having to send it to a processing center and then it's stuck on a tablet. It's not like it's something when you leave that you could take with you. Like, it's like they're trying to take all the sentimental stuff away. Yeah. That's what's going on. So, we actually will want the black light audience to help us petition. Yes. For regular mail. Help us petition with regular mail so we can have regular contact with our people because it's always glitches. It's always technical problems when it comes to Wi-Fi or it comes to the tablet, period. They staff might get mad and cut the Wi-Fi off. Now we can't use it. Or you might have a bad storm and it messes up the line. I know y'all people, I know y'all love to send cards to your loved ones, thinking about your cards and stuff like that. That's real sentimental. You don't know who's going to die, who passed away. You can't always go on the tablet and look at a card or a picture. That's why I always stress to my wife as well. I'm like, babe, I love pictures. I want pictures. I want pictures. Because when I don't have a tablet and I want to look at pictures, when I get depressed or I want to miss, I pull out my pictures. That's serious. That's what help people get by for the day. You know what I'm saying? When they get to look at people that they love or remember some stuff that they used to do and they got a picture of a memory, they can pull it out. They don't always have a tablet. We don't have that privilege all the time. So people got to realize, like, then you release, yeah. they ain't going to print it out for you. So it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. It's not gone. It's in I their database. My, I want to take my pictures home. People make scrapbooks. People make photo albums. It's just memories, man. It's important. Especially good memories. Good memories are very important. So, yeah, I, I reach out. I tell y'all right now, man. DAC, man. Department of Adult Corrections. Y'all send a whole bunch of complaint saying that the mail system is crappy. Tell them that we want regular mail. We go back to the regular mail. Takes behind is the next day. You know what I'm saying? Anything before eleven, which I really don't I really don't believe that stuff. Like, oh, they send a message before eleven o'clock, you get it the same day. Cause <laughs> I ain't seen that in a while. Oh, I've done it. I've done it at like nine o'clock in the morning and or ten and it I don't know if you got it the next day, but it said it was processed. No, so that's not text behind. That that's not text behind because when they process it, that that means when it says process, that means they've sent it over and the prison has printed it out. Now whether they give it to y'all is a totally different thing, but text behind do what they're supposed to. But that's just, that ain't right. I'll make a contract with somebody. Hey, I'll make a contract, I wanna do mail with y'all. But I'm held responsible because I got to process process the mail. So when I send it to you, I need you to send it to whoever that mail goes to. This should be on the contract and negotiated because somebody has to be held responsible. It ain't fair that I do my job and you don't do your part. But you know who's supposed to hold them responsible? (laughs) Upper management uh, yeah. of DAC, all of them. It's not even just Todd Ish, it's all of them. Because he got, he's got chief secretaries. He's got a lot of people that can help him. So it's not just only him. And yes, he's supposed to be the head. But he got people that can put force behind him. But they don't... Psh. Listen, y'all. 
these mugs will tell you whatever you want to hear. They don't want to work with you to make a better outcome for everybody, which I don't understand it. Because if I got advocates coming to me, giving me good solutions, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's all sit down at a table. Let's make this happen. I'm not going to just be like, let's try some of their ideas because our ideas ain't working. They not, as you can see. They're not working. I'm like really sick of these people doing whatever they want to do. I went to this event a few weeks ago and it was supposed it was about restorative justice and just treating people incarcerated with humanity and dignity. And they they had some speakers there that, that did speak about that. But they also had one that was just talking about like the death of the correctional officers and how many correctional officers have died. And I'm sorry, praying for their families. But there are also loved ones who lose their loved one two correctional officers beating them silly and they're never held responsible for beating somebody to death or medically neglecting somebody. I mean, it's, it's a few cases that you'll find where some staff is held accountable, but majority of the time they're not held accountable for the actions that they do. It has to be talked about on both sides. All you ever hear is about, uh, what incarcerated people do and how families help bring in contraband. But we never, they never say, okay, our staff is bringing in contraband. Like one of my clients said that he read an article from Raleigh that stated since they've had text behind, they've cut down on 50% of contraband. Okay. So where's the other 50% coming from? Because we got to remember there was a time where we had already switched to text behind. We still didn't have visits back. People wasn't going into the facility to visit, but there were drugs still getting into the facility and people still overdosing. So can we take accountability for what staff does as well? Like stop talking about what incarcerated people do and what the families do when the staff is just as dirty. Like they're just as dirty. They bring in drugs. They beat people. They talk to them any kind of way. They provoke them. But they are never held responsible. Yeah, you know how the government is always going to blame have somebody to blame, so they're going to blame it on quote unquote the inmates. Like we're criminal minded, and everybody is not like that. You have people that that have criminal minds, but you have other people that's not criminal minded, they're innocent. Some people just sit in prison for other people's actions. Some people took the rap for other people. And there's a whole bunch of situations people are incarcerated for. You know what I'm saying? So it's just not everybody's not the same when it comes to criminal behavior. That's not. Sometimes you gotta understand that these CEOs they trying to pay bills too. And if you think that they ain't trying to pay bills on a crooked level, you got another thing coming. It's just that they ain't got caught doing what they've been doing. Same thing with these other people. The same thing with these other people on the administrative board. They they do stuff that they ain't supposed to do. They ain't, ain't nobody out here a hundred percent legit. Like, come on, let's just keep it one hundred here. So I wouldn't treat you like a non-human being just because you're capable of doing something, or just because you got caught. Yeah, so, they do stuff. Some yeah. of them just don't get caught. Yeah, that's just all. It's what it is. So you can't blame what we just because we're incarcerated. Just don't make us the blame game because that's what it is. Nah, it's just it's human beings. 
correctional officers are capable of doing the same thing, and they are doing the same thing. They are getting that money. Because I don't know if you think, if you think that somebody ain't offer $5,000 and you think they ain't going to take it, shoot. And you only get paid this, and the government always want to say, oh, I pay my, I pay the staff extra. I'm getting extra. But it ain't enough because inflation is at an all-time high. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, that paycheck is going, it's probably already accounted for for bills, car payments, insurance, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. We can keep going down the line. Right. But it ain't enough money for you telling me that I got to come in here and get my, my butt whooped or get stabbed up. Or, or whatever, that's not enough money. You telling me that I'm going to get hired to go in here with some angry people that's been treated wrong, that's been abused, and you think that they ain't going to be angry? Yeah, I keep them inside of a cave, inside of a, a room, and penalize them when one person does something wrong, then they penalize everybody. That's unfair. You're supposed to just tell them, you're supposed to take care of the situation with that person. They turn around, I'm going through it right now, close cousin. Right here at Murray, correctional center, I'm going through it right now. A couple boys jumped on a, on the CO and they shut down and put the whole prison on cold one. So now I got to come out two hours a day. If before then, it was 30 minutes. And before then, it wasn't at all. I stayed in a room without a shower for probably about four or five days. So it's just like, they got to learn how to control punishment. Like, because they really don't. They, it's like, come to immature. So you think about that. You think about getting people that's getting punished for other people's actions, and everybody got to gotta take that route. So you think about how are you going to feel. Would you feel angry? Would you be depressed? Being behind the door 24-7 a day, you think about how you're going to feel. About some stuff you ain't even done. You ain't even, it's just, it's coming to you. The, the word coming to you that somebody just did something on a whole other wing of a prison. In a different custody. I'm in close custody. It happened in medium custody. I got to pay for what medium custody you did. You think about how I would feel or everybody else feel. They got to go through the crazy part. Can't talk to my loved one, but only certain parts of the day. This is. I get my tablet. If I get my tablet, I can make a call. If I don't, then I don't get to make no call. Because I don't come out to use the phone. So the only way I can use the phone is they bring me a tablet to my room. So then you got to think about the infrastructure of how they handle conduct when it comes to this society. They're very biased. They're very biased when it comes to it, and they're not fair. You mess with me, man, y'all. Y'all send them, send them out to DAC to Ty Itz, because Ty Itz is very, very direct when it comes to tablet. You think that tablet is the healer for mental health, and it's not. They really refuse to do mental health classes in prison. Uh, me, myself, I've developed, developed a program called Step by Force, a workshop that I feel like they could come in prison to help people. Uh, do self-regulation from dysregulation, from trauma, being exposed to trauma. So they don't take initiative to try to find solutions for people that's exposed to trauma because everybody that's exposed to trauma is incarcerated, not just in society and public, but incarcerated. People get beat on, robbed, people get extorted. It's trauma. You gotta, you're scared, you fear, you're going through a shock. 
So if you don't fix the trauma, how are you going to fix behavior, prior behavior, forthcoming behaviors, futuristic behaviors, decision-making behavior? If you don't take care of trauma and mental health, they can care less about mental health. And here, that's why I, I learned about polyvagal theory, mind-brain, I mean, the, the brain and the body connection on how to self-regulate and get it back on one accord. So you, people got to understand if y'all out there, help me get this program started, help me get this program moving. It was created off my own nonprofit, me and my wife's nonprofit, the Care Bear Foundation. So we're trying to partner with people to get it implemented in prisons and in public society. So this is like the results that's going on in prison. It's a lot of traumatic experienced people and it needs to be done. It needs to be taken care of. Like it needs to really have a committee on this subject. And I ask the therapist all the time. I go to therapy once every two weeks. And I always ask them, like, dude, why are you going to hold a class, a mental health class for a variety of people? That means in one class, it could be 30 seats, 35 seats. That's 35 people you can take care of every class. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't see it. They know it, but they don't want to see it. So they act like they don't see it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we do need, we need y'all help. We need all the organizations out there, mental health organizations, to help me to get Care Bears programs, step by support. It's a mental health program. It's a mental health workshop. And get it implemented inside of, inside of prison. And outside of prison. Outside of prison would be re-entry program. Inside of prison, it would be a, a mental health workshop. So we need help to relinquish trauma experienced people. You know what I'm saying? This is the effects of prison. People are really coming out of here with a lot of mental disorders that they never even had before they came to prison. You know what I'm saying? We got to survive in here. Just like y'all got to survive out there in that world. Life is hard, mm-hmm. but it's how you deal with life and, and how you accumulate tools so you can navigate through this life. It's the same thing within here. We ain't, we still people, we still living. So don't think that we, just because we're incarcerated, we ain't nobody. Yeah, we still breathe and we still can change and we still can be better people. So if people can think like that, I think our society would be a little bit much better. But you have to get them there because some people don't know how to get there. So that's why they be lost and addicted and act out in anger. That's why I'm asking the black life family to, if they have people that have mental health workshops or organizations, nonprofits, man, reach out. Reach out to us. Send us an email, man, because that's what we're trying to build. We're trying to get that done. Yeah. Okay. We need funding, we need we need seed money, any donors that loves the ideas, loves our views, perspectives, man, reach out to us at the Care Bear Foundation, man. Look us up. Hit us up with the email, man. How about it? We trying to get this program started. We trying to get this movement started. We trying to get legal aid service started to help people with post conviction, man, including me myself. I need lawyer help. On my case, I need I need legal advice. I need all types of stuff when it comes to my case, man. Because I'm wrongful convicted, my indictment messed up. I'm sitting here arguing back and forth with the judge right now, man. They trying to tell me 
and they consolidate three charges and give me three different indictments, but they never even gave me three indictments. They only gave me one. So anybody that specializes in indictment that's wrong, please hit us up and email us and let me know what I could do, possibly do. Anybody with some lawyer information, man, on indictment, on, on wrong indictment, help me out so I can get back in court. Anything you got to say to no, no. I mean, I don't know. I do want to talk about these black correctional officers. I just that's been bothering me a lot. Like seeing them apply for a job that you know is oppressive to your people and to everybody else, and to know that right. they train y'all to think that. People incarcerated are the worst. And these are your own brothers and sisters. Like, it bothers me to know what people went through 400 years ago to get free. For us to be free from slavery. And then for chattel slavery to be abolished. But slavery still goes on if you commit a crime. To see y'all even having parts of that and not see enough of y'all trying to dismantle that bothers me a lot. And I'm sure it bothers the ancestor's soul to know that y'all are contributing to what they fought so hard to stop. I mean, because you got to understand, you're you're their puppet master as well. You know what I'm saying? Like... You're still you you are still under the slave master. And it's just many of y'all applying for that job. No, I just that I'm sorry. You I don't care if you get mad. I don't care what you say about me. But if you dig deep in your soul and you really know your history and you really go back and know what they went through, that's that's why you need to know your history. Then you would have no parts of that. You would be trying to dismantle that. So to me, you're a part of the problem. And that's the problem. We're divided. Hey, Black Light family. Just another quick reminder to reach out to your commissioners and your secretaries of your DOCs, DACs, Department of Corrections, Department of Adult Corrections to demand and request, if you don't have one, an oversight board for the prison or some type of accountability for staff. I am going to be pushing the accountability and the change of culture in the prisons really hard. And I need for y'all to help me push this not only in North Carolina, but in United States period, especially the states that don't have an oversight board or have any type of accountability plans for their staff. Because, you know, as abolitionists, we all want prisons to be abolished as soon as possible. But we know that in reality, we have a long way to go before we get there. But in the meantime, what we can do is demand and push to have a more humane and dignity environment and culture inside of the prisons, just like they do in Norway. And the only way to get those things is to demand those things and bring to the table to your commissioner and your secretary that you want to work with them as community activists and advocates and community members and formerly incarcerated and people that are incarcerated to work with them to help them be able to bring a better 
culture and a better way that staff can communicate with those incarcerated so there's support on both ends and that people are not looked at like, oh, well, you know, you are an incarcerated lover or the foolishness that they teach them in training. So we have to reimagine what a compassionate, empathetic environment in prison can look like. And it's possible because it's been done in Norway and there's no reason why America can't follow suit. So we have to, as community members, activists, abolitionists, social justice reformists, whatever you want to call yourself, push for those things. But we also have to bring them to the table. We all have to have a seat at this table because it's not just going to take the prison, but it's also going to take the community members the advocates, the activists, the abolitionists, the social justice reformists, the formerly incarcerated, the now incarcerated to bring ideas to them because they might not have ideas being the fact that they have just been so cultivated into this me versus them type of environment that they do in America. So y'all reach out, Reach out to your secretary, your commissioner, and ask them how you can come to the table and how you can have a meeting and really sit down and discuss meaningful initiative policies that can make a better environment for not only the incarcerated, but the staff, because the staff suffers as well. And so it's very important that we do this and we can do this together, y'all. So please, if you're in North Carolina, you know, you reach out to Todd Ishi, um, you reach out to Brandy. Harris, you reach out to the chief secretaries, which are under Todd Ishi, any of the higher ups in DAC to see how we can all come to the table and make it better. And you can do that in your state as well. And we also can do it. You know, if you're from North Carolina, you can do the same thing in Georgia and you can do the same thing in Florida. And you're from, if you're from Florida and Georgia, you can come to North Carolina and do the same thing. All it takes is a call, an email coming up to the state to figure out how we all together can make a better environment for our loved ones that are incarcerated until the next time y'all take care i think what kills me the most is the training when a person comes to apply for the job and start the training they don't pay attention to what you're being trained as what you're trained to be and you're being straight white one. I ain't going to say the term, but you're being watched. Your brain is being watched. You're being trained to hate people. To hate another human being or somebody you don't even know. Right. You don't even know what they're in here for. So you're just being trained to hate them because you want to quote-unquote call them an enemy. So that's what's really disturbing me, is that you taking a slave, slave master mentality and you inflicting it on another human being that is just like you. That's what's disturbed me is you being trained to hate and you don't even realize it. And if you do realize it, by you accepting it, it makes you the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, change. I'm looking for a, a, a good change, a community that we can work with yeah, most definitely need like a community and a committee that is willing to educate and dismantle because training somebody to hate somebody and that's how they literally train them here and you don't even know that person and you are judging that person to me is that makes you a part of the problem. 
that's the reason why the United States is so divided and that's what they want. They want to continue to divide people, not for people to get along and have thriving communities, but to feud and hate one another when you don't even know that person. Like, it's slavery and it's disgusting. And I think what really got me was DAC was at the fair that we just had not too long ago and was like, come and you can be a change maker. Change what? What are y'all changing? Y'all aren't changing anything. You are literally traumatizing people to the point where they can't survive once they are back in society. Like the guy, I know a lot of y'all heard about the guy that was wrongfully convicted out of Georgia and got out and then ended up getting shot by the police because the police didn't know anything about de-escalating anything. And this man had been locked up for 16 years for a crime he didn't commit, was subjected to all kinds of trauma because of how all Department of Corrections allow staff to act and act like it's okay. You're traumatizing people. You are literally damaging people, tearing them down. If they wasn't already tore down before they got there, you're really tearing them down even more when now you have a lot of them committing suicide. If they're not committing suicide, then they're strung out or they just act a plum fool because you're subjecting, you're, you're letting your staff act heinously for no reason, beat them for no reason, neglect their medical needs for no reason. Oh, you're lying. You're faking. They teach y'all to think that everything somebody incarcerated says is a lie and y'all believe it. And to me, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand that concept. That's what I don't understand for you to say, Oh, you could be a change maker. You're never going to be a change maker being a correctional officer until you change the culture until you teach them how to have empathy, sympathy, and compassion for somebody. When you're teaching them that these are still human beings and not that they're inmates or whatever, whatever y'all want to call them offenders. And that's all I kept hearing at the event was offender and inmate. And I, it just sound like nails scratching a board. These are still human beings. They ain't gotta be no inmate. They ain't gotta be no offender. They don't got to be incarcerated. They can be the name that they are. They don't got to be no number. I just, I, I, you're not, you're never going to be a change maker until you change the culture in prison. Like, yeah, now over there in Norway, yeah, they are change makers. That, that's a true, true model and true saying over there. But over here, that will never be a change maker until they change the culture of prison. And I'm going to keep screaming that until it changes, which it might not ever change in my lifetime. But I hope that I didn't scream it enough that it'll change in the next lifetime because what y'all doing ain't working. And you're going to see that the new generation of children are, are what y'all want to call woke. And they're not going to, that's why a lot of them, a lot of young ones who apply to be correctional officers don't stay long because they don't want to be treating somebody they don't know or somebody that they do know or get to know by just being compassionate and talking to them and listening to them be labeled that they're an incarcerated lover or whatever y'all want to call them. So that's why they quit because they actually have empathy and compassion and they just want to be actually be there to make, to be a change maker. But the culture that y'all have cultivated makes them not makes nobody wants to work in, in that type of environment. Cause you ain't got the people that did it 20 and 30 years ago. Now, they might have been down for it. 
which was still disgusting, but not these young ones. So you got to change your culture because you're just damaging people and you're sending them back on the street and then you wonder why they come back. But that's how y'all want it. Y'all want them to come back because it's a billion dollar industry. This call is from a North Carolina correctional facility. Just like the medical field is a billion dollar industry. That's why they give you all these pharmaceutical drugs to keep you coming back and forth to the doctor. It's the same thing with prison. Like y'all, y'all got to wake up and understand that the government is about controlling the mass. They're not about making sure that things are done right and taxes are paid and the money is going where it needs to be. They're about controlling the mask and brainwashing people. Maybe I didn't talk about it enough that eventually somebody will catch on. I mean, California said they are attempting it, but I don't know how well they're, at least they said they were trying to attempt it. I mean, so maybe eventually... I mean, I know the lady that was from North Dakota, she basically said that's what she do in her prison. So, I mean, there's some people who understands that the culture is changing. There's some wardens that's trying to change it, but it ain't made over here in the South yet. That's for sure. No, it ain't made it in the South. It's just going to take people that's outside, man, just outside of this, of this man. It ain't going to take this. The people that's in it right now are people that's ancestors that were in it. I ain't even gonna say ancestors and forefathers. Because the ancestors didn't even think like that. The forefathers of this country, these are the same people's children that's in this movement. Straight up. And they've been cultivated to think to keep this movement maintained. So it gotta be people that's outside of this establishment. It has to be that's only where the culture of prison will change because it's the people that have to fight for it to get people that's in the office because it seems like the people that's running for the office really ain't concerned about prison culture at all. So you got to be people that's, that's outside this culture that cares about the culture, which is the new generation, the new people. They trying to prototype it right now. But what's that love after lockup and love during lockup? They print prototypes on prison now. They really selling it. To be honest, they selling it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting TV ratings and stuff for it. They really promoting and selling prison life. Like, yo, it's crazy. Yeah, they like, really are. I never in a day in my life think that I would see a show on TV called Love After Lockup or Love During Lockup. Like, word. Like, I mean, yeah, because we're like the that. forgotten community. I mean, we're like the forgotten people because they're, they're just looking like, why would you want to be with somebody who's committed a crime, who's in prison, who's in uh, jail? Yeah. Like love is only, I think they, I think people think love is only meant for the outside world, as they call it. <laughs> Like it's criteria's on that, it or something. I don't know. If they if they think like that that way, that means that they really don't they really don't understand what love is then. Because if they think that only a certain kind of people deserve love, then they stupid. I'm just gonna say it. It's just stupid because love don't have no definition on where love can be established. No. Because love is love, period. It's unity. Union with anybody, with, with me and my wife, or my mom, or my brother. Love is love. It's just coming together as union, spiritual. 
So you can't just sit here and say, oh, these people over here don't deserve love. Because they have love anyway. People that say they got love, you can't take love out of a person. I can love Joel. You know how I love Joel? It's because I have the love in me to love Joel. Love is inside me. It's a passion. You can't take love out of me. Yeah, you can't take it out. People's crazy. Crazy. Everybody in the world and the universe has love instilled in them. They're born with love. It's and everybody deserves to be loved. Like, location doesn't matter. Like, and if God, God says you're supposed to love everybody, it doesn't matter what they've done because he loves you no matter what. So I don't know what you believe in. That's, that's, that's on you. But I'm just saying, in general, Everybody deserves love, period. And to be loved. Yeah. Love does not have a location or a stipulation, period. Yeah, everybody definitely deserves to be loved. Everybody deserves to be loved. There's only so much you can do as far as loving yourself. Everybody do deserve to be loved by somebody else. Need that. Need that in here, man. I'm a, I'm I'm testifying it myself, man. You need it in here, man. I don't care how hard you think you will. You need some type of love from somebody, from some grandmother, brother, old friend. I don't know, but you need it. <laughs> you need that for real. I don't know what 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 the relations is, but still need that for real. I mean, that's just like, to me, telling a mother or a father, oh, you can't love your child because they're incarcerated or because they live in a different state. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) That's how you know society today is so judgmental. It's a majority rule. If everybody's saying this, then then everybody else has to follow it. They're going to justify it as this is how you should treat it. So you got 20 people out of five people that saying, hey, we don't supposed to help incarcerated people because they broke the law. Out of five people, the other people like, no, there are still people and they can change or they might need this or they can get help to change or blah, 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 blah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. There's a lot of people who are incarcerated who never committed a crime. I'm always going to say that because that I mean, that's just factual. It's mad, yeah. A lot of people didn't commit crimes. A lot of police officers that put crimes on people. Falsely accused, yeah. Yeah, especially during Jim Crow days. Right. Black man better not be riding down the street by himself and the police right there. They gonna police gonna beat him up, then take him to jail and put false put false uh, charges on. Playing drugs. That was they did that back in the eighties, honey. Playing drugs like it wasn't nothing. Nineties, early two thousands. Still probably doing it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no telling what they're gonna do. Now they just shooting you. Yeah. Now they just they just shooting <laughs> over nothing. Like they just pull you over and shoot. Yeah, but yeah, hunt you down. Like we'll chase you down and yeah. yeah. I mean, you could just look at them wrong yeah, and they, they shoot you. Black people. I'm up, that's why people are so scared to pull over now. That, it, that's crazy that you got to be scared of a police officer that's supposed to help you. Second, third, but they said people say they're scared to get 
pull over because they don't know what the police officer is feeling like. That's why you have to go back in history and, and know where police came from. They came from Slave Patrol. Slave Patrol did what? Caught the slaves that ran away. They beat them. They killed them. They dragged them on the back of the truck. It's the same culture in the police departments. I mean, you have some black police officers that experience yeah. racism from their white, white counterparts as police officers. So, I mean, yeah, that's what police officers came. It was just modernized from the slave patrol to supposedly protecting and serving the community. Mm, okay. Yeah, but sure. whose community, though? We, we know whose community. Yeah, the wealthy. The wealthy. <laughs> the middle class. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a certain community. It ain't all community. No, I'll tell you that. no. So that's why you have to depend on each other. Instead of shooting one another, you talk it out and not involve the police. Like I need for us to come to the point where we're not constantly bringing the police in our lives. Like you shooting somebody over something stupid is going to bring law enforcement, incarceration, all this unnecessary stuff in your life. Like, it's okay to agree to disagree. We don't have to shoot people and take their life and then lose our own life and then be subjected to slavery. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to put yourself in a better position where you're not subjected to that. If you don't call the police, you ain't got to worry about them coming around unless you just out driving and they pull you over. Yeah, I just hate that these young dudes are cultivated and they're so low of themselves and making low decisions uh, the rap culture is cultivating thinking. It's just sad, like for real. They already coming out the womb and they listen to the rap music and rap music is just telling them, yo, you broke, go rob somebody. You feel some type of way, go get your body. You get a lot of money, go spend it on a whole bunch of jewelry and cars and a house, clothes. Right. Like they ain't teaching them, like, yo, go, go invest your money. Go pick up a book. <laughs> Go invest some money. Yeah, they ain't they should be like the biggest that. mentors because so many people look up to rappers. You know what I'm saying? Instead of them doing that, they promoting violence on one another, basically. And then they, the rappers themselves getting killed. They get robbed. Uh, off the of, off of what you just out, you just put out. You told somebody to go rob somebody. You get robbed and killed. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. What I'm saying. Yeah. It is sad. It's real sad. That's sad. <laughs> I see young dudes in here every day, man. Just turned twenty years old, twenty one, twenty two years old, in an adult corrections in a in a department of adult corrections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I We're mean, about it. it is getting younger and younger. I mean, you got 11 year olds going to juvenile and up here robbing people. Like, nah, that's not, that's not cool. It ain't, ain't cool at all. No. We've been out here for a minute with, with the Black Light family. I guess we can call it a wrap. I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate y'all sticking with us. They can buy it and listening to what we have to say. Yeah, we and appreciate that, we love. We really do care that y'all voice y'all opinions, man. Don't be afraid to do them, to eat, um, send us an email and tell us what y'all feeling. I told you y'all can write letters, man. We're going to read them. On, we're going to read them. I told you, you voice your opinion. We're going to put it on blast for you. 
anything that you feel that you want to touch bases on, we're going to put it out there for you. So don't be afraid. I mean, we on YouTube and we have started doing live. So I got to do more better of alerting y'all when I go live. But if you subscribe, then you will know when we go live and we can interact through live, like through chat. You know what I'm saying? And eventually we're going to get to the point where y'all can call in where we're just doing live call-ins. Like have our callers call in while we live doing a show and interact. Yeah, we're just trying to bring y'all some some new and keep y'all engaged because we do appreciate all the support. We have a lot of support. And we thank y'all so much for making this possible. We thank y'all for listening, liking, and sharing. And we are glad that you like the content that we put out. Let us know what other things you want to hear. If you have ideas, if you want to collaborate, if you want to interview, which we have had a few people reach out and thank you for reaching out. But yeah, Blacklight, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to let them know, babe, before we roll up out of here? Man, I just appreciate y'all, man. This is Jeff and Sierra, another episode of Black Light Massive Restoration Show. Until next time. We out. Y'all have a good one. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care. 